Hello, you're listening to The Walk. It's Monday morning. I'm Richard Price. Richard P. 1975 on Twitter. And I'm walking to work. Um, so again, as usual, traffic noise, me huffing and puffing. I'm a big bloke. I'm using a lot of my oxygen. Um, that I'd normally be using to breathe on talking instead. So that's one of the reasons why I'm puffing. Um, On the subject of me being a big bloke, today represents a bit of a new dawn for me. Not the first new dawn I've ever had, by the way. Um, In terms of my weight, I've started out today on a diet, a particular diet for a particular um, slimming group. Um, I'm not going to mention the name. It's one of the major ones. Most people would have heard of it. Um, It's not a difficult diet to stick to. 18 months ago, I'd reached the point where I'd been on the diet. around about 10-11 months and managed to lose four stones Um, so it certainly certainly works but unfortunately I lost um, focus and eventually got back into bad habits and I would say now around 18 months after I reached my kind of lowest point um, in weight since I'd started the diet Um, I'm probably back to where I was before maybe not quite I'm not sure give or take a stone but um, I'm certainly only traveling in one direction weight wise and that's up so I need to arrest that Um, I wanted to talk to you about this I mean it's a bit of a personal thing and it's very difficult to to explain really why I'm as big as I am I know being fat is one of the last taboos you know it's not okay to mock anybody for their race or sexuality or um, religious beliefs Um, you know people have sympathy for those addicted to drugs People have sympathy for those addicted to alcohol. People have sympathy for those addicted to um, all manner of things. Not much sympathy for those addicted to putting too much food and drink into their body. I'm not sure why this is. I have to be honest. You know, people aren't going to necessarily accept this, but as far as I'm concerned, I have an illness. And the illness isn't me being obese. It's the illness that that, that got me there in the first place. Um, you know, I know how not to be big. I know what things not to eat, what things to eat, exercise, and what have you. I'm a you know I'm an intelligent bloke. I don't need telling. I don't need educating. But the reality is, is that I'm not been able 
to stop myself getting to this point where I am, you know, the wrong side of 20 stone um, and travelling in only one direction. I, I've been big getting on for 20 years now. It sounds ridiculous. 20 years. But I reckon I was starting to put weight on from about the age of 16 when I became a little bit less active because of um, dodgy knees caused by too much football in my formative years. Um, I've got tendonitis basically which doesn't really affect my life other than stop me doing a lot of the things that I was doing around about that time. Um, that's how it started but I won't pretend that I can blame it all on that now. Obviously um, that was a long time ago. But I reckon by the age of 18, you know, I was putting weight on and, you know, it's taken a lot of years to get as big as I am, but it has been moving pretty much in one direction ever since. I did lose a few stone before I got married, so my wedding photos are actually reasonably um, respectable, you know, I was, um, I think, wearing a 34-inch pair of trousers that day I mean you know the that's a long way away from where I am now so I must have been doing something right but I think that was more of a crash diet to try and get myself looking better for the photos it was never gonna last and you know within probably a year or so I'd reverse that and then I say I went on to a particular slimming group diet about um 18 months ago well sorry not 18 months ago kind of two two plus years ago and after 18 months um so i'm getting my times mixed up after about 11 months to a year on it i'd lost over four stone and that was about 18 months ago and as i say not good since but today i'm going back onto that diet Tomorrow, I will attend my first group um, in, I don't know, getting on for six months because I have tried and failed to get back on the horse a number of times this year. I just feel more ready this time. I hope that's how it actually pans out. But it is like anything else. You have to want it. Um, you have to be determined. You have to really feel that it's the right time because if it's not it just makes you more miserable and it's a waste of time so I do feel that way so hopefully this is the right time to be starting um, about the group itself because that can give some um, some amusing tales to tell um, not that I'm mocking anyone because they're all people that share the same problem that I have in various extremes. Um, I have to say, it is nice to occasionally be in a room full of people where I'm not the fattest person in it. And um, going to slimming group is one of those occasions. So, I don't know. I don't really get anything from that, but... It's um 
it's one silver lining on an otherwise grey cloud. The slimming group, it's mainly women there, let's, let's not beat about the bush with all of Peter Kay's routine where he takes the mickey out of the various slimming groups. Um, you know, lots of women sat around congratulating themselves because they've lost half a pound. It isn't really like that. It can be. I have to say, it's full of people who really want to do the right thing, but often find it difficult. Some of them have been going for years and they're doing really well. Others on and off that horse and, um, you know, find it really, really difficult. It's, um, it is interesting that the number of people that don't seem to be able to grasp the diet itself. I mean, I think it's fairly simple, although it's, you know, it's, it's a learning process. But um, there are definitely some people who seem to have either not grasped it at all or basically not telling the truth when it comes to what they're actually eating. I mean, not, not that there's ever a, an interrogation on you, but certainly um, if you're not losing weight, but you're telling the the um, the course leader that you're following the diet rigidly, then they're going to want to know where you might be going wrong. But I think in reality, in some cases, it's because people have got something wrong and they're eating something which, you know, they've misunderstood as being um, something they're allowed to eat in plentiful quantity on the diet. But I think more often than not, they're just people who haven't quite got the bottle to sit there and say, you know, I haven't lost any weight this week or I have lost some weight this I have gained weight this week because basically I didn't follow the diet. I mean, that's one thing I never did. On the weeks where I didn't do so well, um, I always knew exactly why I hadn't. And, you know, and I was always honest enough to say, yeah, I know where I've gone wrong and hopefully I can put it right next week. And that's probably the best way to be. I think I had some very good weight losses in some of the, the weeks where I did it last. Kind of nine pounds, six pounds, seven pounds, which is of course half a stone in consecutive weeks and doing really well. So it's possible and um, I'm gonna need to do it. Okay, moving on. That's a bit serious, but I think it, it's something that's blighted my my 20s. And now, um, the better part of my 30s. If it's going to blight my 40s, then it's reasonable to think that actually it could have a major impact on my health and my life expectancy. I may have already affected that, I probably have, but I think the earlier you reverse these things, the better they are. And the older you get, the harder it is, and the more potential damage you're doing. So, I can only say that I mean to 
put this right for me and my wife and my children. Um, and um, I hope I get the support of, of people in doing that. Um, so moving on to something a bit more light-hearted. Um, got a got a piece in Sabotage published um, yesterday. So most people probably see it for the first time today. Regarding um, various types of of driver, I dislike. And I don't mean golf. I mean people in cars or vans. Something which um, I'm currently in the process of writing, which hopefully Sabotage may may publish, is um, about the workplace and some of the more ridiculous things that happen within our workplaces in this country. And I um, just thought I'd share a few of those with you. First of all, I think people need to beware of any um, place of employment with a breakout zone. Breakout zone. Usually an area put aside um, in a in a workspace, I don't even like that, that expression itself, but in a workspace which is tends to be furnished with um, softer, more comfortable furniture like sofas and more sort of informal chairs um, and it's you know often has vending machines and tables with crap magazines on um, and I don't know really what they're actually for when do you break out at work? I mean, if I go and sit there all day, what's my boss going to say? And I don't mean my current boss. I haven't got one of these where I work at the moment. But I have worked, certainly in one firm, where they were all the, the rage. And obviously, you know, I've been elsewhere with when I was working for that firm to a lot of other places who were my clients and a lot of them had gone down the same the same road I don't know anyone who really knows what these breakout zones are for as I say you spend any time in them and you you're not going to go down very well you're going to look like you're just sat there doing nothing so I don't know what their their purpose is Beyond that, I know what they're used for. They're used for managers to hold informal or short notice meetings um, where they haven't been bothered to book a proper meeting room, or very commonly because um, there aren't enough proper meeting rooms because a lot of them have been converted into breakout zones. So that's really sensible. And of course, if you're having a meeting in an area where some people might want to break out, 
then it's not really fair on them, is it? You take over the area with a meeting, and they can't really get away from their desks in the manner that the breakout zones are, are meant for. So these things just don't work. They're a ridiculous concept anyway, but even if you, you disregard that, they simply do not work. Um, one place I worked, the, the place I was talking about earlier on, each breakout zone was right in the middle of an open plan office. And it was surrounded, or sort of, well, yeah, it, it was surrounded by glass. Glass partitions that you could obviously see through both ways. And um, this was known colloquially as the, um, the fishbowl. Now, how on earth are you going to go and relax in an area right in the middle of an office where everybody else can see you? Um, which is, you know, called the fishbowl, which is hardly a, the kind of thing that, that evokes a place of relaxation. I mean, I was half expecting to get in there and find a giant shoe I could run in and out of, or um, one of those bridges I could go through like goldfish do. Um, maybe piles of shit in the corners where we're obviously you know, we're in the goldfish bowl we we just do it where we are and analogy is not very nice it's ridiculous so this thing just didn't work and I remember one meeting it was only two or three of us it was a proper meeting but it was conducted in the fishbowl and we're all there hunched over our laptops all wishing that we had um tables. A laptop's not really any good on your lap, is it? I don't really know what it's called, a laptop. And, um, you know, we're sort of relaxed, or trying to be as relaxed as you can be, um, in a meeting, and kind of the comfortable seats have lulled me into a false sense of informality. Um, sometimes it's hard enough staying awake in formal meetings around a big table, but if there's lots of you, you can tend to get away with it. On this occasion, I was one of only about three people in this meeting, and I could feel myself going. Before I knew it, somebody was nudging me, and um, I think I'd lost consciousness for a few, a few vital seconds, and um, that really looked professional, didn't it? Falling asleep in a meeting. But then, I wasn't the idiot that chose to have a meeting on a chaise long, or whatever the hell you want to call this thing. Um, so I don't really feel as if it was um, my fault entirely, but it didn't look good. And um, I didn't really last at that firm for as long as I would have hoped. Just getting a few funny looks as I record. Don't know why, it's not that unusual, surely. How do other podcasts get made? I suppose 
most people do it in the comfort of a room. But as you know, my concept of walking at the same time is something which people seem to have taken to. So I'm going to carry on doing this until the consensus is that in fact it doesn't work and it's not a good idea. I'm quite enjoying doing it so far. I could do with a bit more feedback if I'm honest. I haven't made this um, a listener participation podcast yet, but I think this is going to be the first time that I do call um, for some suggestions from listeners. It might help me to find out who my listeners are and how many of them I've got, or certainly how many of them like to engage in this way. Um, So, if people could tweet me at richardp1975, which the hashtag workplace, or email me at richardp1975 at gmail.com. Again, with the email subject, workplace. And what I want to do is hear from people um, about ridiculous things they've encountered in their various workplaces. It doesn't have to be an office. It can be anything. Factory, shops, um, you know, whatever. Laboratory, um, you know, nuclear power plant, whatever, wherever people work. But if um, if people wouldn't be adverse to doing that, I think we could get some some amusing and perhaps some serious observations from it. So um, that's hashtag workplace to Richard P 1975 on Twitter or email subject workplace to richardp1975 at gmail.com look forward to hearing from you um, approaching my workplace now has its many faults none of which being related to breakout zones which is nice but um doesn't mean it's a good place to work, but I won't get into that on a podcast. Not yet, anyway. Um, had a good weekend. Took my um, lad to his first football session. It's only sort of four and a half. I can't ever remember playing proper football at that age. I say playing proper football, I haven't actually had a match yet, but, you know, he's there in his kit and his boots, shin pads. I don't think I did that until I was at least eight, and by then, I was behind a lot of kids whose fathers were sort of much more pushy and getting them into playing football. And my aim with um, my boy isn't to be pushy, but it is to encourages participation from an early age 
which is why he plays tennis and now football as well. Um, I think it's a case of getting him accustomed to just going along and doing these things and not having that fear. Because I can remember going along to football, but there was already, you know, a group of, of lads that knew each other really well and played for a while and were certainly better than I was and formed a bit of a clique and it was really difficult. You know, but William has been there since day one and hopefully it means that he won't feel that same sort of, um, the word fear is probably a bit strong, but that apprehension that young people do feel when, when introduced to something new. I mean, I grew to love football, but I must admit, I've never played at any level. Um, beyond just turning out, turning out for the school every now and again when they were low on numbers. Um, so that was always a shame for me. And I think my father could have helped me to um, to get into these things earlier, but unfortunately. He wasn't really into team sports, never has been, and um, I didn't really get that kind of encouragement. So um, I've been trying to do that with my lad, but but without being too pushy, because there's nothing worse than a, than a parent being really pushy and trying to live his life through his children. That's not my intention, and hopefully it won't happen. He does seem to be enjoying it at the moment and all I can do is continue to encourage that. Anyway, just um, coming into sight of my workplace now so I'm going to end this. Um, please join me again for another episode of The Walk and don't forget those emails or tweets regarding um, your workplace observations, things you, you know, you don't like or, or find ridiculous in the workplace. And it'd be great to hear them. Goodbye for now.